BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Have you ever, I'm asking you this, have you ever been with someone who listens and remembers what you said? Yeah. That's a keeper. It was the doctor. Don't hang on to him, (laughs) but hang on to the, hang on to the ones that remember things. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back for another episode of The Gals Guy. Welcome back. So, The Bachelor episode we just watched. Oh my god. So we are recording this on a Monday, which is very rare for us. We don't usually record the same day we post something. We came over here to record this episode and we were like, let's just... Let's just watch The Bachelor, like, while we're here and everything, just to see what's going on. And, y'all, the producers of this show are vile. They are freaking vindictive. I swear to God. So, the episode we just watched was basically, spoiler alert, when, uh, Victoria F. F. You always get There's them mixed so up. many. I'm sorry. Like, have some variety in names, for Christ's sake. Victoria F. goes on a date with Peter, and they run into her ex, Chase Rice. Chase Rice. She called him Chris. Chris. I was like, like, no, honey. I don't listen to country music. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he he is great and attractive. Oh, so. no, he's fine looking. Like, I would, 10 out of 10, like, I don't blame him for dating him. But he looked, like, he looked so, like, torn. Well, I would be awkward, too. Like, my ex is just casually making out Especially and when I found out she ended it. But, yeah, like, and Peter had no idea. But I'm, like, thinking about that, I'm, like, you know the, the producers of that show were, like, lit for this episode. They're, like, oh, shit. Oh shit, what's gonna happen next? I saw like one of the producers like consoling Victoria and I'm like, you bitch, set this up. up. Like, how yeah. dare you? I don't know. I don't blame Victoria for feeling awkward. Like I would so feel guilty in that situation, but it's like totally not her fault. I mean, Peter didn't seem upset about it or anything like that. I would be livid if I was Peter. Like I think at one point, like the way he was looking, it was either the look of the producers were gonna do that. Would they? Yes, they would. And then also, like, at first, I thought he was, like, going to judge her for it. Like, well, why he did sort of did anything? a little bit when he was like, 
you like danced and made out in front of him. Yeah. What did you say? I said, boy, you sat in a room with Hannah for 45 minutes while you was on a group date. Like, exactly. Like come you on. have no, you're you a hypocrite. You have no room to be talking whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what the rest of this episode is going to look like. We had a DVR because we had to actually get this recording done, but we wanted to <laughs> spill that little tea real quickly. Yes. We kind of want to start doing some occasional live streams on Instagram on Monday nights, mainly me because I'm the one that like the bachelor the most <laughs> i just like i start it late because i get home from bar yeah so but no i want uh, i mentioned to her doing live streams on monday nights on instagram maybe talking about the bachelor like doing a recap afterwards or just doing something on the instagram stories so if you're interested in that if you want to hear my thoughts we can always talk about it in the facebook community on our facebook page the gals guide we can also talk about it on ig so yeah follow us on instagram the gals guide pod and any more social media plugs you want to make it at the beginning of this episode nope just follow us follow all us leave reviews oh my god y'all so we have gotten so many great reviews lately but we really would love it if you guys could just hit the little five stars leave us a kind little review and if you watch our episodes please screenshot it and share it on your instagram story and we will repost it we love seeing your affection love hearing feedback from you guys let us know what you want to hear see and etc i think that's about it for we want to keep the little intro short and sweet for this Mm -hmm. episode today it's the start of february y'all yes it is it's the season of love the month of love as i die kill me (laughs) i hate valentine's day i just hate February. We're still in Aquarius season. No offense to my Aquarii. Just made that plural, okay? <laughs> I'm a Leo. We opposites. Yeah. So like, you know, we we ain't the best of friends. I dated an Aquarius never again. So this month we are going to be talking a ton about love and various different forms of it. And we really want to start off this month with asking you guys, what is love? Well, love. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to Joe Goldberg this, but I had to do that really quickly just for my <laughs> pleasure. Uh, seriously, though, we've all experienced love in one way or another. Love is kind, but it also can be complicated. Some of us have only had unrequited like me while others haven't everlasting we asked some of the gals gals how they define love and we got some amazing answers but one that particularly struck us um, was from one of our dear followers she said you ask what does love mean to you in a broad sense love means everything to me i've spent the majority of my life looking for it i've had what i thought was true love and i've been blinded by fake love i think the majority of people would say that the one thing in life they want is to be loved we start out as children being loved by our parents and family and as we get older, we start to look for love in other people. It would be really easy to say love means putting the toilet seat down or doing the dishes without being asked, but true love means so much more than that. As y'all previously discussed, love languages are different in everyone. Love means recognizing that in your partner and respecting that. Love means being vulnerable. Love means being real. Most importantly, love means loving yourself so you can be 100% authentic. I love that. Me too. So much. That's Me like too. so eloquently written. And she definitely had to like DM us. Yeah. She was like, she literally was like, the box is too short. I'll DM you guys. <laughs> I didn't think anybody was going to really get that deep with yeah. the question when um, I posted it. So I'm really excited that we got that response. But if I may, Carrie Bradshaw this really quickly, my queen. With Valentine's Day just around the corner, Hallmark and Target aisles across America are filling up with hearts and cupids galore. For some of us, we love it. <clears throat> Hannah. And others prefer to stay at home and watch Sex in the City with the two loves of our lives, Ben and Jerry. While some couples are thriving, we can't help but wonder what happens when love dies. Insane. <laughs> 
end scene, you watch Sex in the City and cry. <laughs> Honestly, which is exactly how I will be spending my Valentine's Day, for sure. I'll actually be coming home from New York that day, so... What a good Valentine's Day. There you go. Just exactly. go to the city. I honestly, I've never been in New York during Valentine's Day, so I'm just, like super excited there to see like, how that's going to look. I'm super jealous I'm not able to go this time. <laughs> Me and my mom. It's going to be a mother-daughter trip, fun. so it'll be cute to see New York around um, Valentine's Day because yeah. I've only ever seen it like, in Sex in the City, so it'll be really interesting to see how the city gets ready for it. Watch it be like totally mediocre and not the, nothing special Probably. at all. <laughs> However, it is completely normal for the honeymoon phase to wear off. With time, relationship dynamics change, and there are some things that may point to complacency versus staying together because you are in love. One of the reasons why complacency is such a significant threat is that it often disguises itself as comfort and contentment. So while you can look at your significant other and see the absence of conflict, know that there may very well also be an absence of growth and spark. In Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, he says, when we don't ask questions, we make assumptions, which can lead to a lot of unnecessary drama. We assume our partner knows what we are thinking and how we are feeling. Then, when our partner does not respond how we think they should, drama ensues. So, in today's episode, we're not going to be breaking down The Four Agreements book or anything like that. If you guys want us to, it's a totally separate episode we could do. It's a book mainly about communication, which y'all know. We got that. That's our shit. That's our whole vibe. That's literally my degree. We're good. <laughs> Not communications, but how to communicate. I mean, Language, I write, speech. I write, I act like words are my love language so fucking speak your truth please tell I, me y'all watch that video i will quote that video any chance i fucking get till the day i die because it just gives me so much life and joy i promise you watch it i will link it in this. i will link it please link it in this i gotta show blaine <laughs> i will link it in this episode i promise oh you on gosh. itunes anyways the main question we really want to pose today like i said is how to tell if your relationship is thriving or if it's just surviving are you really in love with this person are you really enjoying this relationship are you making the most of it is someone that you know you want to be with and spend the rest of your life with you're choosing this person or are you just settling, settling? yeah and dealing with the complacency that you've kind of got into, which is something that you have had firsthand experience with. Mm -hmm. I fortunately have not. Uh, I don't really get that far into relationships to really get to that point. My longest relationship was six months. Ayo. But I have been in scenarios where I was dating somebody like for three or so months and I knew I didn't really like that person, mm -hmm. but I was like, yo, I don't want to be alone because I come from abusive relationships where I've had people in the past like make me believe that I am unlovable. So it gives me that fear of like, well, if I leave this, am I going to find anybody else? So I have that dynamic of it. Originally, when we were doing this episode, we were going to talk about the definition of love and mainly cover that. But then we realized Emily's never been in love. So. Also, it's like so different for everyone. Yeah, I, like I said in the beginning of this, I've only experienced unrequited love. And when you've only done unrequited love, I think it's really hard to determine if it really is you're really in love or you just love someone. And I think they're vastly different topics. I think that for me, I was in love with the idea of somebody and what they could be and what our future could be. But I still care about them like to this day. Like there's some people like I've only, I would say there's only twice in my life that I've quote unquote been in love. And the first one, if something tragic was to happen to him, I would care. 
and I would want to know what happened. And if he died, God forbid, I would want to like go pay my respects in the way I could. Second one, hmm, he can rot in hell. <laughs> At this point, this is still freshly kind of wounded kind of thing. So who knows in the future? Doubt it. But I mean, they're both situations where I deeply care for this person. I saw them at the end of the aisle and I was like, that's who I want to be with. And I'm sure that's what happened with you when you were in your relationship with somebody and it just got to the point where you didn't see it going anywhere and you decided to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So we want to really kind of break down the beginning, the difference between thriving and surviving and how to tell the difference between the two. So quality time is the time that you're actually spending with your significant other really time well spent. Are you actively engaging with each other on how your day went or passively scrolling through Instagram as you pretend to listen in the background? I hate when people don't actively listen. It bugs me. It. Th- so we were talking about this earlier because someone said that like if you say yeah or like mm-hmm and like when someone's talking yeah. like it means that you're trying to like hurry up the conversation which is the exact opposite that we're doing i know i feel like i feel like if i don't say anything then it's like are you listening to yeah. me like i don't know i feel so inclined to respond in some way but i'm really trying not to as i nod I, I know i was like <laughs> i was like if i look at if i just like look at you today and i don't say yeah and mm-hmm, then like I, i'm just doing it for the listeners because i'm sure they're like hannah shut Stop saying yes and stop saying absolutely. How many times can she say absolutely? Let's count. But seriously, I even you know you'll pick up this on my on your own. Like I, if she, you're sitting here telling me something, but I'm not like looking you in the eye, I'm like on my phone or something. I'll say like, oh no, I'm listening, and it's just because out of respect. Have you like, noticed that I started doing that? Yes, because I do it. You picked up. You, I wore off on you. I just appreciate when people do it. I it's out of habit because if I see somebody not looking at me when I'm talking, I will start to fade out. Like my I'm like, oh I'm, okay, all right, well cool. No, like, no, I'm listening. I'm like, well, I couldn't freaking tell. I know. Yeah, I hate and, that. Unless you're, like, driving in a car or, like, yeah, sitting like, like we are where I have to, like, crane my neck to look at you. Because <laughs> we're both sitting at a desk right now. We really need to get, like, a table or something we better. Do. So I can, like, sit comfy. <laughs> but honestly, I went on a date with somebody, like, a first date. And homeboy did not make any eye contact whatsoever. Just kept looking around. I'm like, dude, are you even listening to me? And he kept saying, what? Huh? I'm like, you're not. Like, first off, I had to pay for my own drink. So, ew. Ew, it was a suck. <laughs> It was a bumble date. I made the first move. You could have at least bought me one Jack and Coke. I'm sorry. But seriously, I just, it's a big pet peeve of mine. So, one thing I always admired with people, the last guy I dated, the doctor, whenever we were together, he put his phone on Do Not Disturb. So, I knew that I had his undivided attention. And I appreciated that. And I think you and your boyfriend, you do that right now, right? Yeah, we put our phones down as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, we like to play music off of them or whatever but um yeah we we really try not to he calls me out if i'm like on my phone I'm like you stepped away for two minutes i got bored like i wanted to scroll <laughs> and then he'll come back and i'll like finish what i'm doing he's like pay attention to me and Aww. i'm like you literally walked away from me so no <laughs> another thing that i think is super a key is appearances so looks may not be everything they definitely don't have to be everything but most couples get comfortable And they tend to stop going to the gym, doing extra look nice on date night, and kind of throw in the towel on self-care because they know they got their partner. So why bother? Like, why try? Mm -hmm. Let your beard and hair grow out to where you look like a caveman. Speaking from experience, it (laughs) happens. You stop going to the gym. Even I I stopped doing that. Like, 
I I probably gained like 15 pounds in that relationship. Seriously? Mm -hmm. That much? Wow. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it necessarily, like, I mean, I still went to the gym occasionally, but we like went out to eat all the time and like we just weren't super active. Do you think you go out to eat more when you're in a relationship than when you're single? I think it depends on the relationship. Because you and your current boyfriend, y'all don't. Y'all don't go out to eat that much. No, I mean, we might do takeout like once a week. We might go. We don't really enjoy going out to eat. And sometimes like I'll eat before I go. We go like hang out. Like we yeah. will just. That's what I do with the doctor. Like I would much rather not spend the money. And also I don't want to eat out every day. Yeah. I hate eating out nowadays just because. It makes my stomach hurt so bad. Well, that and there's just not a variety of restaurants in a close vicinity to where like we live, like in the downtown area. This It's either really expensive restaurants that are very fancy and I don't really want to dress up to go there or it's like fast food and I don't really want to drive. That was the luxury of like when I dated the doctor was that he lived downtown so we would walk everywhere and we had the conveniency so most of the time we would just like go get drinks or something mm-hmm. like that like I would eat before I went over there because in the downtown area like it's only fancy restaurants or yeah. a mellow mushroom pizza place I was gonna say there's a lot of pizza Italian down downtown there's so much oh my and god I'm like okay I don't like it that much but, but like after we broke up like I dropped weight and I like worked out and I like, that stopped, revenge body. like it was it was like boom I'm telling you revenge body's a real thing like, I'm telling you, I know so many couples that once they get into a relationship, they stop working out because they're like, well, I got this person. I don't need to try anymore. Or they stop shaving. Like, the girls stop shaving, like, their legs and all that kind of stuff. Which, I mean, like, do your thing. Like, that's just not for me. Yeah. Like, I am just a very hairy person. <laughs> and so I don't like having a lot. Of, like, I'm blonde. So, like, you can't see a lot of my body here. But there's a lot I've noticed for, like, me to be a girl. Yeah. So I get self-conscious about that. And I just like the way it feels. I know so many girls that are like, oh yeah like i'm just long-term relationship ltr like body and i'm like no self-care is so important to me that if i was to give that up it, i don't know i just it's not like me so i've never understood that i also like i didn't work out when i was before i met the doctor like when i was single i didn't really work out that much when i started dating him i started working out because it's like oh i have someone i want to look good for mm-hmm when I was single, I was like, I don't have anybody to look good for. Like, I'm not trying to get anybody. I wasn't actively, like, pursuing anyone, so it didn't matter. Now I'm just trying to get better because, like, revenge body and then also... Health. Health. <laughs> you know, the main reason that we should all really reason. work out. <laughs> I think another thing that's important to consider is low self-esteem. It's not you. It's me. It's hard to admit that it's your fault, but turning inward and viewing your own self-worth is important. Have you encountered that before? Um, probably. I can't think of like any example off the top of my head, but. So with this one, I kind of personally can relate because codependency over here. It's not necessarily that I, like, I know I'm I'm not a terrible person. Like, I know I don't suck and I'm not a shitty person, but it goes back to that whole abusive relationships where I get stuck sometimes dating somebody. I know I can do better. Like, that's the th- it's, it's the weirdest thing. I know I can do better, but I'm scared that I'm just gassing myself up mentally and that I really can't do better. So I stay sometimes because I think, well, like, if I just stay, it's easier than being alone and facing the world again by myself. Because it's like, I'm 
27. I'm going to be 30 soon. I know I have time and all my older girls are like, oh my god, like she sounds awful. But like when all your friends are in relationships and getting engaged and getting married, especially ones that are younger than you, it's it starts to really daunt on you and it's like, oh, well, like can I do better? Like am I really just inside my head? And then you go on a date with somebody who's twice as hotter than you and you're like, yeah, you still got it. You're good. <laughs> I think another thing to really think about is intimacy. So yes, like like sex and all that stuff is obvious, but I'm talking about how often are you truly confiding and connecting in the other person? Are you leaning on them in times of need or are you pushing them away? Do you still hug and kiss goodbye or has the affection just kind of left the building? I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. It's the little things like that, like the kisses on the forehead before you leave the good morning texts Mm -hmm. things like that those little bitty details that show that you still care and you're still dating Mm -hmm. you're still trying yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i've always thought of when it comes to complacency is people stop dating like once you're in a relationship hannah's like pointing to herself right now i mean not for my current relationship but like for my previous one where where this episode stems from I've never been in that part of a relationship to know what that's like. It literally sucks. I've only been in the dating phase. Yeah. I've never gotten comfortable with somebody. I crave that. Here's the thing. This is one reason why I was so pissed off that me and my ex broke up. All of them. But me and the doctor broke up because the first thing I thought, I was like, fuck, I have to start all over again. I have to go to the talking phase. I have to date somebody all over again. No, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Where is he? I feel like Charlotte in Sex in the City. Like, where is he? I've been dating since I was 13. Where is he? Because it's just so exhausting telling the same stories all over again. This is why I also don't date multiple people at the same time. Now I am though, but I used to not to because I'm like, oh, what if I get the stories mixed up? And it's just exhausting <laughs> telling the same oh, stories. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I told you that already. Like, But like, I do that with Blaine. Like, I'll tell him something. He's like, yeah, I know. Or he'll tell me something. I'm like, dude, you already told me that. <laughs> okay so. so it's it's you, you got it you, okay, you can cool. cover it up pretty good it sounds so bad i don't want to learn a new person sometimes it sounds exhausting like when you think about it it just sounds exhausting to learn somebody's other story meet a whole new group of friends make them fall in love with you meet fan on like I don't want to do that again. Like, it's just so tiring, which is why I was, like, taking date, uh, taking dating off for, like, this year. Like, lately, I just haven't dated because that's, like, I don't have to go through that phase. I want to just be able to skip to the comfortability phase. Like, we're, we've known each other for, like, a year and we're, we're cool. Like, we're here. But just hearing stories from you, like, that's such a, sometimes you don't want to be in that place. You want to go back to the dating phase where, like, you're still getting to know each other and you're still learning new things. Because looking back, like, it is the most exciting part of a relationship sometimes. And I want to hear your stories and hear your opinion on all of that. And I want to get to all that in a second. I want to hear your stories. But let's point out a thriving relationship. What are some signs that we are thriving? We are living our best life. We are flirty, 30, and thriving. (laughs) Jennifer Garner up in here. What are some signs, Hannah? I think one would be you are considered a priority, not the priority remember that because that's never going to be a thing no but a priority um you can't like expect to be at the top of the priority list but if you're up there towards the top there's a good chance that your significant other's feelings are starting to strengthen i don't want to be number one no 
I mean, I want to be number one, like in general. I yeah. want to be number one on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review and five star rating. I don't want to be number one in the guy I'm dating's life. No, that's so much pressure. You should be your own number one. Yeah, absolutely. If you're, if I'm your number one, get some hobbies. Like I'm not that interesting. Like, yeah. find something. Make something out. Please, I don't care if it's making collages. Yeah. <laughs> like, find something. I say that because I I dated somebody that did collages on the side. That was a weird hobby. I don't don't get me started. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Another one I think would be you feel listened to. Have you ever, I'm asking you this, have you ever been with someone who listens and remembers what you said? Yeah. That's a keeper. It was the doctor. Don't hang on to him, (laughs) but hang on to the, hang on to the ones that remember things. (laughs) He's the exception to all of these. Okay. He sucks. (laughs) But when someone loves you, they're going to they're going to listen carefully. They're not going to have any distractions, no interruptions. They're probably going to remember those like tiny details that you say without even trying cuz they're actually interested in what you actually have to say. But not <laughs> so, him. He so. sucks. For my birthday, you know, like a week before he dumped me, he got me this really really cute like minimalist graphic design poster of the movie Roman Holiday, which is one of my favorite movies. Audrey Hepburn. I love it so much. It's her first like American debut, black and white, first film ever shot on location ever in Rome. Love it. And I mentioned it like maybe twice in the six months that I knew him. And it was very early at the beginning of the relationship when we talked about this because I think we had just watched it in my class. And he gave me the poster for my birthday. And <laughs> the first thing I said was, oh, you actually listened. <laughs> He was probably like, yeah, doesn't everyone? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And then, you know, he dumped me because he didn't listen. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But no, like, that was like such a, like, a genuine moment for me because truly, like, before that, like, no one listened really to me. And if they did, they weren't picking up on the meaning of what I was saying. They were just like, they heard me, but they weren't listening to me. And so I think that is one thing that I definitely look for actively in relationships now. Another one would be what our entire last episode was on, vulnerability. So at this point in the game, your significant other is probably being very vulnerable with you. They're probably answering all your deep questions, not hiding things, putting it all out on the table. And that is something to strive for in a relationship because you want to be 100% yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You want to see all the scars, all the truths, anything like that. And I think that it's also important to, to me personally, like I I wouldn't throw up everything like on the table at the beginning, like keep some mystery yeah, and everything absolutely. like that. Because if they're like telling you everything at the very beginning, that's a little sus to me. Um, it's like they're like love bombing you at that point a little bit. But when you can really get to know them um, personally and get to know like what's their relationship like with their mother, that's the first question I'm asking every man I date from now on. So how's your mom? So what's your, what's your relationship like with your mom? Is y'all good? Y'all talk? Are you rather, at this point, I'd rather date a mama's boy than someone who has mommy issues. That's where I'm at in my life right now because mama boys, they, they know how to treat their girls right. They want to be part of your life. What's that like? 
This typically goes both ways. They want to be a part of your life, your family, your friends, and vice versa. This person doesn't just want to meet the people in your life. They want to like them too. They may even go out of their way to make sure this happens as well. I think that it's always a great sign where, like, my last relationship with the doctor, like, I met his friends and that was a first for me. Like, yeah, I mean, like, previous to him, like, I hadn't really met any of the guys I dated friends. So that was a huge deal for me. Another thing is if they make plans. So if you are considered in future plans, chances are your significant other likes you a lot. Um, you know there's commitment when they make plans that increasingly get larger. It might start out like doing something a week or two in advance and then like planning out something that's going to happen like months and months in advance, um, a vacation or something like that. I like to think that if you were seeing somebody like on a weekly basis kind of deal, because I've dated guys before where like we would see each other like every other week and like it wasn't really going anywhere, but I've also been in relationships where like we saw each other like every single friday maybe also every sunday sometimes during the week as well too like it got to that point where it's like okay like they obviously like you because mm-hmm. they're making an effort like their schedule is so busy but they're making an effort to see you if you both are doing that then you are literally like at the pinnacle of your relationship like you're thriving at that point because yeah. you both are trying and especially if you guys have insanely crazy schedules you know that anytime you get is precious even if it's just a couple hours i think it's still like just those couple hours mean the world there were times when i was dating the doctor where for and i'm sorry i always reference him guys but like he's the only like relationship i have to go off of yeah (laughs) i haven't had many but there were times like on a monday night where i really wanted to see him and he wanted to see me i was like well i have homework to do he's like well just come over we can do homework together and so it would only be like two or three hours but a good amount of time Mm -hmm. that i get spent with him is that quality time yeah and especially for me that to be my love language which if you don't know what your love language is, we highly recommend listening to our love language episode. But stuff like that, like, you know that each other, like, you're compromising. You're figuring out a way to work out your time together. So another way to know if your relationship is thriving is if you feel protected by that person. So let's say that it could be something as small as switching on the sidewalk. Like, if you're walking against the cars and they, like, switch places with you, they may also try to do something less physical and like protect you from negative situations or negative influences basically they just care about you and they're trying to protect you and your well-being like that is something that i've noticed in um actually both of the most recent relationships that i've had is that like i know because i on your birthday lane and i switched places and we noticed that the doctor was walking on the inside of the sidewalk and blaine was like why is he not switched yet (laughs) I was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) I've had such a happy life in relationships. Like, they're all just so beautiful. This this entire episode just made me realize how shitty every guy I've dated has been. Well, he's just not your person then, you know? Like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Like, as much as I hate it for you, like, I would rather you go through all of these shitty experiences and realize that (laughs) than sit in a relationship where you're just going to be complacent and settle. Ted Talk over. I'd rather you get your heart fucking macarena on. (laughs) I mean... I don't know how, like, if there's no other no, way no, that no, you're no, going to no. find it. out. It. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Trust me, my Good. hard-headed gets it. I my know. hard-ass head Well, because that's the only it. way that you get it, though. You're so stubborn. Is that Leo? Love you. Mean Is it. That Leo? She gave me a best friend necklace tonight. <laughs> so, like, we're truly besties. It's literally, 
It's literally a 2010 Juicy Couture best friend necklace. I am literally high rolling with designer necklace right now. Thank you. I've had it since I was 16. It was like my first big purchase. I'm, I'm not going to get on this one. But yeah, I've never I've never felt that in a relationship where I felt protected. I have with guy friends. And I, that's one reason why I was in love with my best guy friend uh, in undergrad. Because he was the first one that made me feel safe and made me like gave me a sense of home in him. Which is weird to think that a 25-year-old stoner, washed-up surfer, reminds me of home. But, I mean, we're not going to define what home means to everybody. When you feel safe. I had told the doctor this at one point, now that I think about it, that he made me feel safe. No, he didn't. <laughs> the beginning, the, this was like two months. Okay. This is like two months in. This is prior to knowing that he had a fear of commitment. This is prior to knowing that he was a manipulative psychopath. And yeah, the first, like, it was great. Like, I didn't know that it was a bad situation that it was a bad relationship that i was in and i could have left there was at one point that i I had that option to leave but i stayed because of fear that no one else would love me and i didn't think i was settling though that was the thing because i knew that i saw him at the end of the aisle and i think that when you're in love with someone that's what you do see like you see them at the end of the aisle i thought that after the first date and which is why i I had a problem leaving but yeah no i was settling for the minimum amount he was giving me after that point. Yeah. I think the really hard thing about love is that you can choose to love somebody, but if they don't choose you back, that relationship's not going to work. And I think that's the hard part is that as much as you love someone and you choose them, like if it's not reciprocated, there's I mean, not going to go anywhere. Yeah, like it's not going anywhere. And so it took me a really long time to realize that, like, no matter how much I love somebody and how, no matter how much I put into this, like, if they don't choose me, like, that's it. Like, I can't yeah. change that. No, yeah. And so, like, and I, I think that was, that was the thing. Like, I never yeah. wanted to force it because I, I told him many, many times when he was breaking up with me, I was like, I'm not going to beg for you to stay with me. Yeah. Like, if, that's like, if you you're wanted. not going to choose me, then I'm not choosing you. Yeah. And it's kind of like, the, it's really been a reverse mentality that I've had where I, ref- even when I was with him, I was like, I refuse to fight for you. Like, I'm not going to fight for you to stay with me. Like, I'm not going to get on my hands and knees back because I have done it before. It's for my first ever boyfriend. He wanted to break up with me before prom because he didn't want to pay to go to prom. I was like, no, like, you're not breaking up with me. Like, we're going to prom together. Like, we've already put so much forth this money. You're just being a wuss. Like, whatever. After that moment, I vowed to never beg for a guy ever again. And I think about that moment every single time that this has happened to me where I'm in a situation where I am losing somebody or, like, we're about to break up or anything like that. I always think back to that moment, like, no, like, you said you'd never do this ever again and so i actively say that like i'm not gonna beg for you just to remind myself kind of thing they always reply with something like well like i don't want you to beg for me but they do something to give me hope mm-hmm. that things are gonna change and i know that you know what that's like someone promising change and then not delivering on that yeah and that's where you had that complacency issues where i think one person in the relationship notices that there's a comfort level that's been approached and that you want to change you ask for change it's not like you're giving them an ultimatum because i don't think you ever gave them an ultimatum Mm-mm. but you were like i'm leaving because you're not this is you're not who i started dating yeah and then he said i want to change and then you see that change and then that change quickly fades away because they get comfortable again mm-hmm. and i want to hear you talk about that in a second but 
we want to identify some signs of complacency so you guys know what we're talking about because it can be very vague to know what we're talking about like as far as how to identify it we talk about comfortability but what does it exactly mean so i think like the first thing when a relationship becomes complacent is like there's no longer that like intimacy or that the like butterflies in your stomach when you see them like you see their name pop up on your phone and you're just like, oh. Or like, it, like you just don't have any. Like, I still get excited when Blaine texts me. Oh. Like, I'm cheesy. <laughs> but it's fine. People are. <laughs> but, like, when that starts to fade, I feel like, one, you can either create instances, which we'll talk about, like, where you can revive that. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, like, things are starting to, like, kind of level off and, like... You know that there's hitting no going a back. lull, and you're not sure that that's ever going to come back. Yeah, I feel like it's probably one of the hardest things to get back. If anything, because like once that spark's gone, like is it revivable? Can you give it CPR? I think another thing would be like you don't want to open up to them and share your feelings with them. Also, like if you have like big news, like they're not the if they're not the first person you want to tell, that is a clear sign to me. Yeah. If I don't feel like I can, like, you're not, if you're not the first person I want to tell when something good or something bad happens, fam, I don't know if this is it. Because right now, Hannah's the first person I want to tell. Emily, you're not my first. I'm sorry. Sometimes you are. I don't expect to be. If it's, like, something that he wouldn't be interested in, like, so-and-so liked my photo. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Anytime I got you, when I was dating the doctor, if something, like, I'll never forget when Persona Cosmetics reached out to me for a collab and... I didn't tell him at all because I was like, he is not going to understand what the fuck I'm talking about. But I told you, I was like, guess what? <laughs> like, oh like, my gosh. I knew you would care. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. I think another one is you can't picture them at the end of the aisle. And I think that's like hard for some people. Um, it's an analogy that I often use. But like, if you really sit down and think about it, if you can't see them, probably not worth putting any more time and effort into. reason I use it as an analogy is because... I dated guys in high school and they all said like, oh my God, like I want to marry you. And like, I want to spend my life with you and everything like that. Like we're 16 years old and it's only been like four months of us dating. Yeah. And I remember when they said that, it's like, oh, I don't want to marry you. Like that was what's going on in my head. And so when I met my best guy friend in undergrad, I just vividly remember it's like a scene out of Tangled. Like I just remember I was like, I could see him at the end of the aisle. Literally, I could see him in a tux with my family, the whole shebang. I could see myself. I like it was to the point where like I wanted to say the words "I love you." Like it was like dying to leave my mouth, but I knew I couldn't. And it's still my biggest regret to this day is not telling him that I loved him. And I I told him I liked him before. I confessed my feelings. I had never told him I was in love with him. To this day, I don't think he's listening to this podcast. I think he has a girlfriend, anyways. To this day, that's my biggest regret was that I never got to tell him that. So when the doctor and I were breaking up. I actively told myself, I was like, I'm not going to not tell him how I feel because I will regret it if I don't. And I told him, I was like, I was falling in love with you. Yeah. And he couldn't even look me in the eyes as I was saying that. Because he sucks. Because he's an asshole. But I don't want to keep talking about that. But that is an example, I think, as well, too. If it doesn't have the, the word love doesn't have the same connotation. Like, if it's just a habit, mm-hmm. I think. Like, you just get a habit of I saying I love you. I think that's how it was in my, like previous relationship it just became like a habit it's just like oh like it's something like, you say you. i yeah. love you good night yeah. love you like it was never i mean it was at one point it was and like i still love him but i'm not in love with him like there's i can have it on the phone like, yeah with my mom and everything but when if i'm at, like when i'm with my parents and like they leave 
like I don't have to say I love you, but I actively make a choice to tell them I love them before they leave. Yeah. And it's not something that's, that's not a habit for me because yeah. I'm not a lovable person. <laughs> I don't throw that around a lot. Yeah. I don't. And, like, I don't do it to my friends. I'm not like, oh, yeah, I love you. Bye. Like. Yeah, no. You never see me doing that. Like, I'm not that kind of person. It's because she doesn't love me. It's fine. I, I'm a ginger. I have no soul. It's fine. <laughs> I do love you. Yeah, see? There you yeah. go. Thank you. You're welcome. I gave you a freaking necklace that's in the shape a of a heart. You see necklace on my neck. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this one I feel like is something that sucks, but if you are in a relationship and the reason that you're staying in the relationship is because you are afraid of being alone. Me. Then honey, you need to check yourself Me. because there's no point in staying in something because of a fear like that. Okay, so I'm gonna get real real quick. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this on like your 6 a.m. commute. <laughs> like, we're gonna get like really Debbie Downer for a second. We're supposed to be like making you laugh and everything. So, my first ever relationship that I had when I was 16, the guy was like super manipulative to me. And I didn't realize at the time that he was. Looking back, like, no, like that was traumatic for me. And borderline abusive. And oh, it was. But I remember I couldn't like, he would, like, yell at me at certain things and, like, just didn't treat me well. And my friends noticed it better than I did. And I remember I had a friend who called me out on it and said, like, I don't like the way he treats you. And you need to leave that. And I was, like, I remember telling her, I was, like, I'm scared to leave him. They're, like, why? And I'm, like, because it, it was my first relationship. I was 16 years old. My first kiss. I had severely low self-esteem because I was previously bullied no boy had ever liked me no boy had ever shown attention to me so i thought what if i leave him and no one else ever dates me no one (laughs) which is like the funny part of it all i make fun of it that's how i cope with it but yeah like seriously that was a huge thing for me and that was a huge thing with the rebounds of guys i dated after the doctor was like oh i don't want to be alone so i'm gonna date these people who i don't actually like yeah and it was just my way of coping with the trauma that i had gone through because i needed the distraction from my feelings because they were too much to handle and yeah like it was to the point where i eventually did leave this uh, my first relationship and it was my choice i broke up with him and i am very proud of myself for doing it but i mean it took me losing a friend yeah to kind of do that i have never told the full story to anybody we might do an episode one day talking about that kind of stuff but we want to bring in like some experts to kind of talk about that stuff because it is a very heavy topic and everything but yeah i mean that's been the root of a lot of the relationships like it's so twisted like my mindset it's like oh i don't think i think i can do amazing but then like i had that fear of settling like i had the fear of settling but i settle it's weird i don't know so there was your debbie downer for today <laughs> i think another thing that is a sign of complacency is you don't fight with this person and i know a lot of relationships where people are like oh like we me and keith never fight like we we never fight we get along no that's not a thing like yeah. i'm sorry that's just that's weird to me if you don't fight like there's no two people who get along that well right and if we get along that well like i don't want to date you like i'm just dating myself then like that's boring that's one thing that i always look at because it just it leaves you feeling numb a little bit i think yeah i think another thing that is a good example of complacency in a relationship is like people's opinions of you are holding you back like for example i was in my relationship for four and a half 
years. And so a lot of people knew me and him as a couple and were like, y'all are going to get married and have kids and blah, blah, blah. And like had this whole like thing set out for us. And so I was like, well, if I break up with him, like all these people are going to like think shitty of me and think poorly of me. And he's going to think this way and his family's going to think this way. And so for a while that. that like really was holding me back so i think that's another another thing to consider i know a couple who was married and they are 27 come next month come february by the time this episode comes out there'll be 27 uh and they have been dating since they were 18 and they just got married in 2018 i'm no longer friends with the couple but i truly believe that i don't think they love each other they never hang out. Yeah. They never... I have friends that are married that are, like, 23. Like, one of my friends is 23. They're married. They got married after knowing each other for, like, less than a year. Like, I think, like, five months. That's how long they know each other before they got married. They want to spend every moment together. You, we know a girl from high school. Like, I think she only knew, like, her husband, like, for a year. And then mm-hmm. they got married and everything. Mm-hmm. She's always with him. Like, she goes to, like, his coffee shop and everything. But still, like, there's couples like that. Like, you see them as a couple, but you know, they work. Like, you cannot... They You see the magic they have as a couple. And they put forth their work to make that relationship work. This couple that, I, that I've been together for years like you could just tell like they never hang out they don't ever talk about their problems they are they never they never fight they never fight they both are terrible at conflict they don't like confrontation and they don't know how to go to each other with their problems in a healthy manner Mm -hmm. and talk like they just settle like for things like he just rather sit at home and watch live pd and she just wants to focus on teaching which is fine like do that but like they have no shared interests he's a homebody she loved going out and i'm just like you both you got married because you're too prideful to admit that you don't love each other anymore and you're too afraid to think what everybody's going to think about you. I will never be like that, I don't think. I may be terrified to be alone. I'd rather be alone than unhappy in a marriage that is doomed to fail. Yeah, and I think that was what, like, pushed me to make the decision was because I, we were complete, like, we were complete opposites. We had nothing in common. I mean, we loved each other and that was what, like our relationship was what we had in common. We stopped going out and doing things. He stopped like wanting, he stopped putting me at the top of his priority list is what happened. And, um, and I like came to him with it and all these things and nothing happened and nothing changed. And I just had to sit down and say, do I want to marry someone that I may or may not be with the rest of my life? Like if I'm already questioning it now, like what's it going to be like when I'm married? I think that a woman's intuition is so strong. Anytime your gut has an off feeling, listen to it. I cannot preach that enough. If you're already having doubts, like while you're dating, get out before you're married. Mm-hmm. First off, yeah, saves a lot of money. Saves a lot of attorney this fees. Is true. I see you and the guy you're currently dating more as a team than I did you and him. Honestly, not only do y'all the looks complement each other because like y'all both have dark hair. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're same around same height. Like it just. <laughs> Looks a little bit more even. Yeah. Oh, the guy was way too tall. Like, yeah. Just he was really tall. Well, it's homeless sometimes. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, it's just, there's a more complimentary, like, team duo aspect with you guys. Your humor's the same. I mean, I'm a little biased because I kind of, like, knew him prior to y'all dating. Like, I know him since the seventh grade and everything. Yeah. But he makes an effort. He makes such an effort. Like, I've never had anyone make an effort as much as he does, which makes me happy that things didn't work out because... Well, like I, I wouldn't, knew. I wouldn't have seen. Like I wouldn't have had this. Well, I kind of always knew because I was like, "There's a reason you go back to him every single time something happens." I know. Like I don't know. Like there was just always a reason that he stayed in the back of your mind. I think. Yeah. 
Uh, and it just took time and distance for y'all to realize that it was meant to be. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of just talked about like the signs of complacency. And so now we're going to talk about ways to kill complacency. Dun, dun, dun. Because that shit's got to go. So I think, like I said, the one of the key things is to continue to date. Some examples of like ideas because it's like, oh, how do I date? Like you've done everything. Go to new places. Go to a new town in your state. Like go to a nearby town. Explore somewhere like you've never been before to create a new memory together. Trying something you can keep each other accountable for. So like going to the gym, having a goal in mind, like you want to go on this vacation together kind of thing. Revive the activity that helped you fall in love in the first place. So whether that's a sport, a game, any kind of activity, uh, a social gathering of the like, something that you guys have in common, try to rekindle that flame again. I think the way you guys fell in love, there's a reason you guys fell in love that way. And I think reviving that is a great way to do it. So you're telling me that I need to go back to my high school to um, God, no. my biology class and dissect a frog. God, no. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> But keeping that young love. <laughs> the spark alive, yeah. That young love. That whole, like, when you fall in love when you're a teenager, keeping that whole spark alive. Yeah. I think it's a healthy way to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Just no more frogs. Please don't kill any more frogs in the process. It was already dead. I didn't kill it. I didn't even <laughs> cut into it. I did not want to touch it. I passed out. I sat here and <laughs> handed him the, whatever that your is, knight, the little knife. The scalpel. <laughs> the scalpel. The, your knight in shining armor right there. Um, I think the next thing or another thing which we touched on a lot and we really use even in our friendships is just unplug. I'm going to um, make a shirt that says unplug on it. But just spend time with the person, whether it's Put at the away. house. <laughs> Put your phone away, whether that's at bedtime or at dinner. Just like disconnect from the outside world and connect with your person the more you know <laughs> so also keeping the fun alive um, whether that surprises even though i hate surprises keeping the joy the young love the playfulness alive that like we just said i think that's a great way to rekindle it yes this one this is the big one for me oh god privacy in the sense of like peeing with the door freaking shut i'm sorry but that is gross it is gross is it just me like no it can't be just us i mean no i did i did that what i i used to like just like go to the bathroom no yeah i was that no. freaking person no i'm sorry like this is not most of, the time, most of the time though it was like after a night out so like still no but like yeah. Like, I'm not even farting in front of my like, husband. Like, don't, no. Don't even get me started on the farting. I can't. Trust me. I see how, like, love you, mom and dad. I see how comfortable they are with each other. No. No. Yeah. Maybe it's different after you have children, but no. I just feel like there's a level of, like, respect yourself. <laughs> Close the door when you're taking a piss. I don't even like hearing my friends. I, I won't even go I to I don't the- even like... You don't go to public bathrooms. Literally... Emily is crazy. We'll be out <laughs> like me. doing something and I'll be like, I have to go to the bathroom like five times. And she's like, nothing. Trust nothing. me. Nothing. I've ever thought about like if we go to Bonnaroo. I'm going to die. They have porta potties. Oh, I know. I can porta potty pee. I will have to hold my bladder the whole time. No, you won't. There. You'll just go. There's, I can't. Like, you cannot hold <sighs> your pee from when we get on the shuttle. When we get on the shuttle until when we get back at like 2 a.m. You will die. 
I'd rather go in the woods, honestly. Well, there's probably no woods. I don't know. Anyways, close the door <laughs> when you pee. Don't fart on your significant other. Don't fart on your significant other. I've been farted oh on. Oh my god! <laughs> this is what this is what happens when you become complacent and settle. Someone farts on you. I've never dated again. <laughs> Who have you dated? Barn animals? Probably. <laughs> this is all the same person. If 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 we're to- <laughs> I know. So, so basically, no. So learn from me. After four and a half years, just stop. No more. No more dating. You can either. Just continue dating and get farted on or you can stop and it'll go away i fucking i can't i can't okay so another way to kill complacency is to talk communicate can we just talk communication is the key you'll see can we just talk that's like the communications majors theme song so last but not least ways to kill it just talk like if you like if you take anything away from this podcast, talking, communication majors should be thriving off of this podcast. But seriously, just check in with each other. Even if it's 10 minutes to see how they're doing. Good morning. Good night. How was your day? I'm just thinking of you. If somebody texted me, hey, I'm, I thought of, wait, I thought of like a Star Wars War for two seconds where Bradley Cooper's like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Are you trying to do the voice? Don't hurt your voice. Hey, I don't want to get in the loot. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're saying. I just saw the part in the stars board where Bradley Cooper's like, Hey, I just want to get another look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get another look at you. Even if it's just 10 minutes the other doing, I think like if somebody just texted me saying like, Hey, look, I'm just thinking about you. Like, that would mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Like, words of affirmation are my love language, like I said, but, like, still, I think little things like that, like, getting flowers. Like, you're at Trader Joe's getting groceries, just pick up some flowers. Pick up some sunflowers and tulips on your way out. Like, it ain't that hard. It's $3. Like, the little things like that, I think, really bring back a spark. My dad, I mean, like, he does so many things just to keep her happy and keep them romance alive that I think is really meaningful, and that's how you see those marriages work out that's how you yeah. see those relationships thriving because they still try they don't ever give up they don't ever just throw in the towel and just get too comfortable like they still put an effort i think that's really the moments that matter the most i think so what should you do if it's not going anywhere the main thing is that both of you and your significant other need to be on board and put forth the real time to keep your relationship alive and going it takes two to tango remember to have the courage to simply ask questions even the hard ones Be vulnerable, be respectful, and responsible for your actions, as well as your lack of action. Inaction and avoidance of problem tend to wreak more havoc in the end than anything. So acknowledge the flaws rather than ignore them. Most importantly, remember that relationships are ever-changing. Relationships take work. I think a lot of people forget that. They do. It's not something that just comes natural to everybody. You have to actively try. I don't care if you guys live together. You still gotta try. Even at your most challenging moments, each partner needs to take ownership of their role in the relationship. So I think, like, bottom line, if you feel like your relationship is in a place of complacency, I think you really need to sit down and do some self-reflecting and decide what you want 
in a significant other, what you think should be prioritized in a relationship. I think you also have to sit down and decide if what you have with this person lines up with what you want. I think that is something that is really important and it is a hard thing to do because you love this person. And so um, to sit down and kind of like... I don't know, go through things that have happened and like kind of... I'm sure they just admit that you're wrong. Admit that you're wrong and admit that the relationship is not right for you. And that's just really, really, really hard. And so, so I don't know. I, I really encourage you to do that though. Um, I how think... Did, how did you do it? I talked to a bunch of different people about how I was feeling like my really close friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew I was, I was Yeah, there. you were one. And then two girls that um, I went to graduate school with. I, you know, for a while had been feeling like things weren't going where I wanted them to go. And I wasn't seeing things. Um, things were just... Things were different. And so I just kind of sat down and like really reflected on the relationship and really reflected on what I wanted. And I think something else that I tried was like talking to him and telling him what was going on and what I was thinking and kind of things that weren't settling with me. And I tried to do things to kill the complacency. But at the end of the day, I couldn't make any changes. Like things weren't changing no matter how hard I tried. Like It just wasn't being reciprocated. And so I had to have that hard conversation with myself that the relationship was going to come to an end. And I had to accept that. And it took me a really long time to get there. And then I had to have that hard conversation with him. And I think the hardest part was not buckling and like letting him get to me. Mm. And Mm -hmm. even though he said that he like wanted to change and was going to change, like we'd already been there. Like we had already done that. We had already been there. And I, the hardest part was walking out of the house getting in the car seeing him walk inside and like saying to myself like this is it like I'm not coming back um and so like it it was a really 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 hard thing to do but I think I've grown from it and I think I realized like what I want in a relationship and that if I had stayed I don't think I would have been happy and I feel like I would have settled so I think if all else fails and you can't kill complacency and the relationship isn't going anywhere I think you just have to accept that and just leave it it takes guts it took a lot of convincing for you yeah i mean i'd spent four and a half years with the person so like it was like i was like detaching part of me (laughs) it's kind of like a weird a weird like uh thing but like he was part of me and he was no longer there the years you spent together were like some of your pivotal years, I think, mm-hmm. that made it extra hard. I mean, I know it took you months. I have a friend who was married to somebody for about eight years. It took her a year to kind of like talk herself out. Um, she kind of realized a year, like she realized that she was no longer with her husband. But she was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try for a whole year. I'm gonna try." And at the end of this year, I it's not there, it's not there. And so it's interesting. And I, I don't mean it against all men, but I feel like a lot of women struggle with leaving more than men do. Just from my experience and my friends that I've noticed, guys, they don't really. I the ones that I have friends with, I've noticed they don't really. St- spend as much time debating over it whereas women they like wrestle with it in their heads yeah i mean it's it's definitely not an easy decision for anybody for no. anyone and like it kind of goes back to the thing like i could have chosen to stay and I, I could have chosen to love him and i could have you know stayed in the relationship and i probably you know would have been fine you wouldn't have been your true self but though. i don't feel like i yeah i don't feel like i would have been my true self i don't feel like that was what like what I was supposed to do and so it was like all these like warning signs kept coming up and like you finally decided to listen 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, red flags. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that kind of does it for this episode. We want to leave you guys with a survival tip. So just remember that relationships are ever-changing. They take a ton of work. And even at your most challenging moments, each person in the relationship needs to take ownership of their role in that relationship. It is a two-sided thing. And at, at the end, like you... You have to choose to be with that person and to choose to make it work and to put forth effort um, and time and commitment. And so that does it for this week's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com. And our personal social media pages, which we will have linked in the episode description. Also, we would love it if you guys left us a review and five stars on iTunes. It really helps us out and it helps to increase audience awareness and get new viewers to our or listeners to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.